Scientific Countdown. I'm here with Abdul Oniki, also known as Alpha 23. He is, he is, he is my brother. Uh, I don't know exactly when we met. It seems like such a long time ago. It had to be like in the maybe the light, late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere in that area. But we have, um, we have, have grown together as deep friends and have learned a lot. He has been super helpful in my career. And I, I hope at some point I had some influence on whatever he was doing. He is just an amazing brother. I, for wherever you are, all over the planet Earth, when you're listening to this episode of the Creativity Cocktail, you are going to walk away amazed and super excited about this conversation. So Abdul, it is fantastic to have you here with us today. That's a heck of a setup, thank you. <laughs> uh, it, it, Abdul has, um, it, has done so many things when it comes to not just <clears throat> the world of corporate, he's like the, one of the best salespeople I've ever encountered, um, but he also is a fantastic leader. And so Abdul, tell the people that are hearing you for the first time or, or maybe the second time, a little bit about yourself, what you've been up to, a little bit about your philosophy. So give us a couple of minutes on that. Yeah, a um, little bit about myself. So Abdul, as Winston pointed out, um, I'm an artist. My uh, artist name, stage name is Alpha 23, um, all together, Alpha 23. Um, um, and really just, Music has been a passion of mine pretty much my entire life, but as Winston pointed out, I had a healthy career in corporate America. Um, and that was a big part of my plan, was to have a healthy career, be successful. In fact, I was in corporate America quite a bit longer than I intended to be um, in order to use that to fuel other ventures and ideas and, and visions and plans that I had. And so um, here recently, that's what I've been focused on is shifting my resources, both time and financially into um, my own business and, and growing my own opportunities. Wow. So, um, so for those of you who have, you know, everyone should have YouTube, but Alpha 23 has many amazing videos on YouTube. I mean, of all kinds. And there's one that has like some anime in it. And I'm like, how did he do that? So tell us a little bit about like what's going on with the music career and how everything's progressing. How do you, you know, how's YouTube going, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, um, because, well, first of all, when you think about music today, um, it is really built more for the independent artist than it is um, for the label. And that's really a, an extension of everything that's changed the world today, which is technology. Um, where back, if you think about um, even the early 2000s, in order for an artist to be successful, you had to have a record label behind you. Today, there are companies that exist that essentially play the role of a record label without you having to be um, signed to the label. And quite frankly, um, where today we have so many social media tools that allow people of all stripes and sizes to gain a following. From there, once you have the ability to create and grow an audience, then you are able to then connect that with your uh, other ventures, i.e. music or what have you, and then they cross-pollinate and start to fuel one another. And so um, that's kind of where I've been in terms of creatively, artistically, um, I'm a big fan of anime, and so I always look for opportunities to include anime in um, my work uh, as much as relevant. Um, some of that is born from, I guess what I would say is necessity right now. Some of it's budgetary, and so I use um, some stock videos. Sometimes we create from scratch. Sometimes we just kind of use what's out there, um, you know, utilizing the amazing tool called YouTube. 
Yeah. Um, and then I'm a big fan of syncing. So my editing is really where I spend a lot of time to make sure that what I'm saying lyrically matches what you're saying on the screen. And though it may not be a one-for-one -one correlation, a lot of times you'll see, see that beat-wise and, and what's the good thing about anime is it's very demonstrative, like a lot of explosions, a lot of crazy facial expressions and, and, and really colorful characters. And so I write in a style that allows me to um, utilize some of that in there. So you think about a song like Legendary, which um, yeah. is certainly a song that essentially the videos that I pulled together um, to create Legendary is actually from about four or five different sources. And then what I did was a bunch of creative syncing and splicing and, and different other editing things to make it look like it was one seamless video, but indeed it was not. Wow, so that, I tell you, I don't know if it was, I think one of them, I think it may be Legendary, had so many views. It was like, oh my God, I was like, my brother got so many views on this video. This video is incredible. That is awesome. So let me ask you, when you're about to create, whether it's doing lyrics, whether it's about to perform, whether it's editing, what are some of the, how do you get in that space? So do you have a philosophy that you got to have in your mindset in a certain way? You like, do you use certain kinds of tools to get yourself prepared to do that? How do you get prepared to be creative? Um, you know, it, it's, uh, um, I, I, it's almost like, uh, I'm reminded of a quote. If I can pull this off, this would be pretty awesome. So I'm reminded from, of a quote from a Marvel movie and it's the movie, uh, it's uh, one of the Avengers movies. In fact, it was the first Avengers movie. And at the end of the movie, um, they're talking to uh, Steve Banner, Dr. Banner, and he's obviously the Incredible Hulk. His alter ego is the Incredible Hulk. And they're like, um, you know, the whole movie, they were like, how have you been able to control yourself to be able to control when you turn into the Hulk? And at the end of the movie, he revealed his secret. He was like, well, it's because I stay angry. <laughs> so I'm always angry. So I'm essentially, mentally, I'm always a Hulk. And so I, now I'm just able to flip the switch on when I turn into the physical being, but I'm always angry. I'm always creative. <laughs> that was a long ass way of saying I'm always creative. Like I stay in a creative mode and I'll give, I'm gonna give something back to the audience. That's funny, which is that I've been to your house. And one of the things that I saw in your house that blew my mind. And I was like, yeah, I'm creative, but this guy's on another level is you have a basement where each room is a different color and painted a different way specifically to create the mood that you wanted to have in that room when you're in it. And I'm like, yo, that is a powerful level. But that's the type of thing that I do is I like to create um, different things in my universe, in my reality. And one thing that I use a lot more, and quite frankly, this has been the best tool of all, is I use reality, which is to say that um, some of the best art that you listen to today comes from artists that tap into something inside of themselves that's coming from a real place. That's right. I have a lot of stuff that in the last two years, I can rap, write, and, and, and sing about. That's right. You know, so people, my, some of my friends make fun of my, my, um, my house. Cause I got like the red room. Right. It's <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, you just feel a certain way that. that right. That's and colors are powerful in terms of being able to help create your central <laughs> mood. Everyone knows red is an aggressive color. Blue is a cool color. So it helps. Yeah, it, it really is. So that is so, so thank you for that because I think that's right. You know, all of us have such an, for me, every moment of the day, there's something that's creative that's happening. Right. And some, some moments, like, and I think I was sharing this on one of my talks with someone, is that I can be creative when I'm taking a walk. I can be creative when I'm taking a shower. I can yep. be creative at, at all kinds of moments. And so for me, it's just like, I got to capture it because at the same time while I'm being creative, I got to be productive. Exactly. 
So here's the balance between the two. And sometimes being creative and being productive is that you're not in a place to be necessarily productive, but you have to capture that creativity in whatever ways you can, whether it's using the camera on your phone, using the notepad on your phone. And that's something that I'm big on. And that's why I say you're always in a creative space. It's your ability to capture that and bottle that for later. Yeah. I I think that's one of the reasons why of all of my um, budgetary weaknesses, uh, technology is one of them. Because I'm always trying to find a way to capture and make myself more productive so I can get back to right. being creative. Right, so, right. So. And, and, and what it is is that you're trying to essentially do what? The, you're trying to play games with the one resource that moves in a very simple pattern, and that's time. You got 24 hours of every day. How you spend it is how you spend it. And if you're trying to figure out how to move those eight hours of your day that you're dedicating nine hours to corporate America and compress those and use tools to still be able to be creative, that's where you have that juxtaposition that many people cannot play that balance and they they literally end up just giving up on their dream because you, it's so hard to get 40 hours to corporate America and 40 hours to your dream. That's right. And or they will tell you that you have to supplant one or the other. And exactly. sometimes that works. You know, sometimes people are just, you know, they they'll grind and they'll get yep. to a certain point and they'll get to achieve one or the other. But yep. to me, it's always been like, you know, I like to be in these worlds. Yeah. I like to be able to provide for my family. A, yeah. a certain amount of, amount of stability, but at yeah. the same time pursue the creative goals that I have. That's always okay. Yeah. And again, that's the power of technology is that you're, I mean, I know people who make beats on their cell phone, then essentially record those songs on that same phone and then do videos using that same phone. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? The videos out there that you watch on TV, like, oh, that's a great video. No parts of that was shot with an iPhone. Isn't that so amazing? I was listening recently. Um, my family's from Jamaica. And so, you know, going through the pandemic, you know, kids are all at home, including in Jamaica. Yeah. And I was saying, and I was curious about this video because I was like, how are they going to like get their student, their schoolwork and all that? Every kid in that video had a phone and they were yep. doing their classwork on their phone. So their teacher, their teacher was sending, they didn't all have a computer, but they all had a phone. Yep. And so the teacher was sending them their classwork on it, and sometimes they'd have to write it and then respond all via their phone. Yep. Like, what a powerful, creative thing that exists out there. Speaking of Jamaica, I saw one of the funniest videos in the world. If you haven't seen this video, and this is to the whole world, y'all have to see, I don't, I, I don't know what her official title is, but she's like a, a government official in Jamaica. And she was talking, this was just two days ago, um, about eating. And she was saying, it's, it basically, you have to hear it because she said it obviously with the accent. But she was so Jamaican. She was like, listen, you got to eat bread. If you got <laughs> bread, I said, you got to have two weeks of supplies because of hurricanes. You got to have two weeks. You already know this. You got to have bread and crackers. You eat the bread. And if you have <laughs> she was so, I was like, this is how Jamaica delivers the news. <laughs> so awesome. It's so interesting how cultures are responding to Man. the pandemic. Oh my God. I was watching one video, and this was in India, where mm-hmm. it was like these guys who were like policemen, I guess, or like officials, they were walking down the street with like what's equivalent to like switches or batons beating people. And they were just smacking people to get in the house. It's beating people for being in public, exactly. I was like, what? And that's acceptable in their culture. Like if that yeah. happened, if that happened in the United States, I'm telling you that it, you know, it, it would happen for five minutes. It, it would not. India <laughs> actually had a very bad incident. They were stoning doctors. They they were stoning doctors to death because um for some reason they felt like it was fake, 
and that the doctors weren't getting sick and that they were using witchcraft or something crazy. But yeah, India's been a little bit. I've, I've always said that the coronavirus is not the concern, it's the, it's the reaction. That's right. The fear is probably right. as powerful, if not more powerful, than the virus itself. Absolutely. I, I, one last video on, in India. Uh, about six months ago, I was watching a video about the pollution in India, and they probably mm -hmm. want to have one of the more biggest pollution problems in the world. Yeah, they're in China. Like in New Delhi, there was all these people that were dying from respiratory ailments because of the smoke wow. and the pollution that existed. And it was like eight months out of the year, you can't see the sun. You know, like you can, for whatever reason, for all the control fires and the pollution that they were doing. Oh, wow. And then there was a most recent video that everyone in that same city was able to look outside and they were able to see outside the and see clear sky as blue as possible. Yes, um, LA is the same way. In fact, they said that the animal population, the bird population is up in the country as a result of the reduction in um, smog and bad air in California alone. I was just saying to myself, wow, the, it's so interesting how the earth reacts to things. And it's bad for us as humans because people we know and family members are dying and those kind of things. At the I same am, time, the world is, re, the earth reacts to stuff way before we ever got here. I'm a true believer that the, the, the viruses that we contract as humans come from the earth. The earth has its own defense mechanisms. And anyone who thinks otherwise is silly. The earth is a, a living functionally breathing entity i mean it has a core like the human body that fuels it warm if trees and life are growing from the earth the earth itself is alive and it will defend itself and we have pushed the earth close to a brink and i am absolutely in no way shape form or fashion surprised that we see this and of course man-made disasters of the type that you see fracking causing earthquakes and then you have hurricanes and then you start to see global warming or climate change because of what we do to the ozone these things are very much man-made. It does not take much to hurt the ecosystem. So the planet being one combined system, what happens in this part of the world will have a detrimental effect on this part of the world, that butterfly effect. You're exactly right. I'm reading this book right now called Rare Earth, and it's about how complex life like ours may be more uncommon than we think it is. Absolutely. And when you think about the Earth, Earth is so, even though technically it's small compared to other planets in the universe, it is pretty powerful. It's got like a powerful magnetic shield that prevents all this crap from getting to the earth. You yep. know, the way we balance and rotate around the sun is just an amazing thing. We've got a planet like Jupiter that's sucking up all of the mess around us so we can survive. I mean, wow. it's amazing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's deep. That's deep. The Jupiter, you know, like how we go around and we spend 24 hours, Jupiter yep. is going like 162 times faster and it's wow. bigger, so it's like a massive vacuum cleaner in space. Does prevent all uh, of the stuff from getting to the So Earth. any of those comets and things that could come into our solar system and potentially they just get caught up in G Jupiter's um, atmosphere. That's right. I think I read somewhere that, that Jupiter has dozens of moons because it has all of oh, these, yeah. those little yeah. bodies that, that float around it. I think, in fact, some of Jupiter's moons, if we were to inhabit other planets, I know, I think it's Neptune. If you watched uh, Watchmen, which I'm sure you did, um, you saw that, um, what was that moon that he... Um, Europa, I think it was. Europa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so Europa is one of those planets, uh, bodies that we look at as potentially being able to sustain human life. Yeah, because they say Europa may have um, liquid water. An atmosphere, a very basic, basic atmosphere. Like, I believe that there's life in, in the universe. But life like ours may be more uncommon than we think it is. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it, that there is other life, I believe that's inevitable just because infinity means there's an infinite number of possibilities. But um, yes, rare.
very rare. Yeah. Because the, the amount of things that had to come together to form this is is nearly impossible. That's why you almost have to believe in a higher body if you don't. That's right. It's millions of things that come together in order Million. to try. It's, it's more, it's infinite. It's, it, you really can't count the number of things that just have to come together to make you. Yeah, people think, oh yeah, that's because if you're a certain distance from the sun or from a sun, then that means that life is going to exist. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> one comet can end that in a heartbeat. Like, that's right, and a comet has factors that play. Yes. Common as mm. the Earth several times, and yeah. before we were here, that there, there was all these these millions of little things that had to happen in order for us to evolve to where we are today. Yeah. So you're right, a the higher being organism, right? of some kind had to just like had to put their finger on it and say, "Well, yeah. these people are here." So yeah. I know this is off the beaten path, but I knew it was going to be like this. Well, and I knew that too. Like that's why. <laughs> I just strapped in my seat and said, wherever this takes us, let's go. Like when, when, when you and I get together, it's going to be a conversation. <laughs> it's going to be something. So creativity. So and this kind of links back to what we're saying. So all of these things have happened, right, yeah. for us to be here. And so we owe it to ourselves as a being or beings in order to find ways to create more abundance in the world. Yeah. Yep. So whether that's making music or writing or being an artist or being someone that's helping through a pandemic, there's a certain level of creativity that exists with every single one of us. Yeah. Yeah. The people who are the most successful in their roles are the ones who are creative in a way, right? They're the ones who think outside the box. They, they are. And I, you know, in my corporate life, to me, one of the things that's made me successful in my corporate life, in the corporate worlds that I've been in, is finding creative ways to solve stuff. Exactly. It's, right. It's, it's not, you know, I used to, sometimes I got in trouble because I would say, you know, and I don't know what the manual says, but, you know, there's ways to solve things. They ain't got nothing to do with the manual. Right, right. The best leaders are going to be the ones who uh, uh, challenge you. And I can say as one of my leaders, and you, you raised that earlier, you know, uh, your impact on me was certainly to approach situations from a creative space and not not be afraid to um, apply the very skills that got me in an opportunity to have the right to have a choice. Right. The last thing you want to do is um, use all this creative skill to get in the position you want to be in and suddenly become an empty suit. That's right. And then at some point, ultimately, the creative engine you know, at some point you're not in it anymore. You and I, at some point, we're not in it because our creativity helps us and helps us get to a certain point. But sometimes that, you know, changes for whatever reason. Right. So we talked before the show about the legacy that, you know, that we all, when you, whether you're one of us or you're just listening to this conversation, we all owe it to ourselves to create a legacy. I tell my yep. son all the time, my parents didn't come from Jamaica for me necessarily. They, they came, you know, they thought it was just me, but somewhere in the back of their minds, they were like, what's going to happen to the next generation? And yeah. Beyond him or her. Yeah. And so they came for him. They came for my son. So yeah. he owes it to them to really define a legacy. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about legacy? Because I think what you're doing here is really creating that movement or creating that for yourself and for others. Yeah, I think legacy is critical. And I think that, you know, um, I, <clears throat> Good, bad, or indifferent is very unlikely that a person's headstone will read X, blah, 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 fantastic manager. X, blah, 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 right. scored 90 points plus on every corporate quarterly review. 
X, blah, 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 drop the best QBRs we've ever seen yet. Like, that's not going to be anyone's eulogy. Like, you know, hey, Jeff, man, I've never seen a meeting run by, like, like Jeff. Like, that's never been the case. And so, for me, at the point at which I started to stop and look at what was important, I realized that there were three things I loved. Um, corporate America sales, um, investing in the stock market, and then music and arts, artistry. And the interesting thing is I love them in reverse order from how I just named them. So they actually go music artistry number one, investing, um, stock market number two, and then corporate American sales number three. But the thing was, the thing that was getting most of my time, and, and you touched on it when we were speaking, I think prior to the podcast, which is that um, you love being able to create wealth. And, you know, part of the legacy is being able to pass something on. And so what corporate America does allow people to do is, although it may not be on your eulogy, your great manager, your family will appreciate the fact that you were a great family man, that he was a good father, that he was a good teacher, that he was a good steward, that he held the house down. And all of that does come from being able to be a good financial leader and come home and be what every man should be as a breadwinner. So there is that rub and every man, I think, faces that rub. And you get to a point in your life where you have a cutoff where you're like, well, too far gone now. I can't go back to being a guitar player for Aerosmith now because I'm 44 years old, right? Or 45 or 38 or whatever year you define. And so then you look at your legacy as being, well, now let me just make the most out of this corporate shit. Well, for me, I said, on the list of things that I love to do, corporate shit is not number one. And the reality is, is that you can have a dream and you may have wanted to be a guitar player for some band, but do you love music? Is that a passion of yours? Can you help somebody else be successful as a guitar player? Could you be a good guitar, guitar coach? Is your, is, does your dream have to be deferred because you can't live the dream that you define as being the perfect dream? Because there's no telling that you would have achieved that dream even if you had thrown it all to the wind and said, F corporate America, I'm going to go out here and go on the road and be a roadie. So in my mind, actually one for wise people peels the other. Now, of course, to, to your point, there are people who get lucky early and they may say, okay, I'm going to go be, um, I'm going to start the social media platform. And they become Mark Zuckerberg. Make no mistake about it. Millions of other people have, have created social media platforms. And they're Joe Blow, Jeff Johnson back in their basement trying something else. Like Jeff, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg was the only one who tried social media. And many people fail, right? And what did those people go on and do? And what legacy did they create after failure? And for me, it's not even about the failure because failure only exists when you quit. And so for me, the thing that really put me in a space now where I'm really going for my dream and my vision and adjusting the vision to fit today's reality is that more people were supportive of my vision than I was when I had it. When I first said, hey, I'm gonna start doing this music thing. And I did, I said it and I started doing it. And then I started presenting it to people, but I did it as like a, hey, ha, 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 this is me doing music as a joke. They're like, no, you should run with this. You got something here. That's right. And, and that it, was, it opens you up to so many. And people. that really opened me up. And so getting back to the question of legacy, Music is something that once you put it on Spotify, Apple, you name it, it should literally be there forever as long as you pay the right package with your um, distribution company. Mm -hmm. And so with that said, um, creating that legacy through the music and being able to put something, plant a stake in the ground and, and leave a message for generations to come is important to me. And, and what's equally important is now that I recognize that power and what that's looking like is tailoring that message so that it really does have impact and value for later on. Yeah, some of the things that you shared that I kind of picked up through or, or picked up was around how important our relationships are throughout this time. You, you had to talk, about, you said, shared about the, the, um, the headstone and what the headstone would read. 
And, and then I've always shared with people that when those, your days are done, or you're getting to the point where you're not going to be on this plane anymore, you don't think about that stuff. You don't think about like how much money you made. You don't think about mm -hmm. whether you had the nicest phone or car or all that. All you think about is who you loved. Yep. And who was down for you and who were you down for and who did you help? That's all yep. that's going on. Your mind is not going to reminisce on anything else. It, it just is not. And, and, you know, when you talked about those people who got down with you when you said, you know, music is my path or the path I'm going to take, that's so cool. You know, mm -hmm. I started writing a long time ago when I was younger and then probably when I was in my latter 30s and my 40s or so, I started to really invest and go to classes and learn how to do that. You were like, when I had one of my very first readings and I said, I want some friends to come to my, one of my very, very first readings at the Alliance Theater. It's gotta be way over 10 years ago. I said, yep. oh, can you come through? And you I remember that day. You were in my reading, dude. Yeah. That was, that was a, it, it was a, an awesome day for me. And that predated my own journey into embracing my creative side fully by what, five, six, seven years. Yeah. So that just goes to show that, you know, what we're talking about today for me is a new journey. This is one that you really started forging that path a long time ago. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and one of the reasons why we call our organization the Rising Tides Charity is that we believe that when we're doing something that's powerful. You lift up boats. That's right. We're doing it all at the same time. Yep. It's better to sail to a destination when we can all lift each other up at the same time to get to that yep. destination. Yep. I've always had that philosophy too. You never want to... um be in a situation where one person is winning and, and other people are potentially could win but they're losing or you know i think that everyone has to pitch in and, and that's that's been the, for me one of the most focal areas is finding people to be willing to support the vision and i tell you it's probably one of the hardest parts mm. even um from a not just from a emotional support but actual functional business perspective there are so many roadblocks, pitfalls, potholes, you know, um, speed bumps and barriers on the journey to success. And, you know, you find that eight out of 10 of those are people. That's right. And, you know, one of the things you really learn is your own personal capacity. Yeah. You know, and whereas in the past, you might say, well, you know, this is the, the path, the predestined destined path, path for something or path for something. When you are deciding to do something and someone says, ah, you shouldn't or you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that or, or this is how it works. And you still go forward. You learn yeah. a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about yourself. It reminds me of Dave Chappelle. I'm not sure if you saw it. It was actually his Christmas special from maybe a year or two ago. <laughs> and I'll try to keep this as PG as possible, but, uh, you know, what, what, where do you rank it? Like, do we get to the R ratings on your podcast? You know, I could, I'll drop an F bomb in the R ratings. Listen, <laughs> so he, um, I've never thought about was, that actually, but you know, people have said what they got to say. <laughs> so never, you're dealing with creatives, man. You never know. So, um, but Dave Chappelle was talking about, um, uh, JK, is it, uh, the comedian, the guy who got in trouble for essentially, he was uh, masturbating in front of females. C.K. C.K. Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. So he got in trouble during that whole Me Too movement. But he said Dave Chappelle said something so powerful in that joke. And what makes Dave Chappelle so genius and funny is that every joke he tells is a hard truth about life. Yeah. And you may have to sometimes uncover that truth. Sometimes it's laid bare. In this case, he laid it bare. And this was a story. And this is about really getting to the heart of what trips up a lot of people on their journey to success. 
So C.K. Lewis was found guilty of and admitted to um, masturbating in front of women. He was never found to have been like rapey, like Weinstein or anything crazy, but of course he was overstepping boundaries. But there was one particular story that Dave Chappelle told about a lady who, she was a fellow comedian, and um, she, I think that she had actually interacted with Dave Chappelle in addition to she met C.K. Lewis. And during one of her uh, encounters with him, back in his hotel room, he went into his normal tirade of activity, and he did masturbate in front of her. Well, the point of the story was that after the fact, she said that that was it, that that, that was the line that was drawn, and she quit. She's like, I'm not doing comedy anymore after this. This is not fucked up. And it was amazing to me because Dave Chappelle came back and was like, hold on. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> that is a, a, a terrible situation. But you had a dream that you allowed somebody <laughs> masturbating in front of you to kill? You let somebody else doing that kill your dream and he used the following term and it has become a philosophy i live by now he's like you had a shaky dream that's right and i tell people all the time i don't do shaky that's right on any on there one of the things that's changed in my life is there's no one in my life that's shaky i tell you you've had to remove some people i tell you I, there i hate to say it but there's some members of my family even that when I'm doing stuff, shaky and anymore, tell them what's going on with that stuff, and then later on they're like, "Oh yeah, I heard you had all these people come to a show or something you did." I was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "Dude, I can't have your energy affecting the energy right. of what we're trying right. to get going." It's, it's not even a matter of being angry. It's not a matter of, of yeah. wanting to retaliate. It's simply you are now excommunicated. That's right. The energy, every energy that we're trying to do, it has to go in one direction. <laughs> one direction. You said something super powerful. A lot of my philosophies have come from you. One of my favorites was throw your heart over your wall, over the wall and your body will follow. And when you're talking about being driven by a dream, that's what we're talking about. This woman was not willing to throw her heart or her body over the wall because of one man masturbating in a room. And don't get me wrong, again, it's a terrible situation. But the journey to success will have things that make that look almost like a dream. Right. Like there will be times when you're faced with situations that are truly deplorable on the journey to success. And I think that a lot of times people don't take that into account. And I tell people part of that time, journey. Like this, you know, regardless of the, I don't want to say regardless, but the world's got lots of issues, right? They got lots of stuff that's going on. People the, have lots of issues. Let's be you know, real. The world is fine. People. In the history of mankind, if you want to get up and do something like you and I, whatever we're doing today, if we want to do something tomorrow, we can just say, you know what? I want to just go tomorrow and there's no one who's going to kill us or, you know. Right. We the might not get the world money. was there was a time when you couldn't even leave out your house to go. That's to right. We, we may not get money for the new thing that we're going to do. Right. But we can at least make that decision. Make that decision. Yeah. Make that choice to give it a, a, give it a real shot. You raised a great point there. It's so true. Um, and that it, is the beauty of what the it's world. There's the only limitations we have on us today are the ones we placed on ourselves. That's right. And it doesn't matter your age. I tell this all the time, especially to people that's in my age area, where we're starting to get a lot of these things where people are just like, well, I'm just waiting for this. I'm just waiting. And like, they're just waiting for things to be over. And I was like, no, this is like the best time to do. You're in the world. You're at the juxtaposition of experience and expertise and wanting to do right. what you want to do. You're like at this great, phenomenal moment in life to do stuff. This is not the time to give up. This is the time to hit the gas, you know? And so- I tell you, this is the world, 
today is really, I mean, that old philosophy, survival of the fittest, is on display right now. Oh, yes. I talked to somebody yesterday, and uh, this is somebody I have a, 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 a nice amount of respect for. And it was a very quick text conversation, but the level of helplessness that I just picked up from the text alone was very um, disappointing in a way. Like, wow, like there are many people out here who are not looking at this as opportunity. Yeah, they aren't. There's a lot of people who look at this as, and that's because again, their life has been set up in such a way as to where they're they're just a passenger on a on a on a in the car. And it's not just it's opportunity combined with possibilities. And possibilities, uh, and that's that's the key, right? And the possibilities are what give human beings the capacity to continue to forge forward, because it's that infinite human hope, right? I've already said the greatest human capacity. I think from the Matrix, the greatest human um, uh, attribute is our infinite levels of hope. Yeah. But you have to almost see that there is opportunity, right? And that's why you have countries that you have terrorism because they don't see hope, and so you can brainwash somebody into doing ending their life when they don't see their life as having value. But we live in a world today, especially in America, where if you're just creative or just believe in yourself, then you can achieve with just about anything. And, and I'll tell you one last thing before I pass it back to you. I see it no more than on TikTok. That's my favorite place to go to see. I tell people all the time, TikTok is the world's, a collection of the world's greatest tryhards trying hard. It does not matter who they are. It could be people who are literally just the most mundane people, but they will get on that app and do things that just blow you away. And I see some of the most creative stuff coming from some of the most unlikely sources. Um, like I saw a guy yesterday had this video where he was sitting in front of a clothes uh, dryer, but he took his tablet and put it inside the dryer and closed the door. And then he had the sound of an airplane and a captain talking in the background. And I swear to God, it looked like he was on an airplane. And then he slowly pulled the camera back and you see he's sitting in front. And he even had a fold down fake tray and a glass of wine, but he was taking a staycation. And I'm like, that is just mind bogglingly creative and funny. Like who thinks of stuff like, but I mean, think about it. your dryer looks like the windows of an airplane. It's incredible. I tell you. And then you put a tablet inside of it showing like the Grand Canyon. And then the, the voice always said, yeah, somewhere passing the Grand Canyon on the left. And I look, I'm looking, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Then the camera zooms back, this guy sitting in front of him. I'm like. <laughs> what a world. This is a What a world. We, people are hilarious. And now Given an opportunity, everybody's creative. That's exactly right. Our possibilities are such. And when we created this organization, and one of the things that, that hurt me personally, was that there was a, so many people who just thought that it was something for a select group of people to be creative. Mm -hmm. It was like yeah. these people over here are creative. They've got these titles, whether it's you know musician or rapper or right. writer. actor, writer. Right. And I was just like, that's so wrong. Mm -hmm. And then we we were losing people, and we had come to find out while we we're collecting their belongings that they're poets, and that they're you know painters and all these other things. I was like, that's so anti what God has created us to be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's no. There's a space for the arts. There is there is a very important space for the arts because music is a sound of emotion. First of all, um, it is critically powerful. And and you know one of the things that I really feel sad is just more and more being taken out of the uh, creative space is reading. Yeah, reading is such a powerful thing. I'm I always try to read. That's where you get imagination from, That's in right. my opinion. That's the birth of imagination is reading.
and what you and it opens you to to write. So imagination, so many more possibilities come from just yep. reading. And it really doesn't matter what you read because does not. your mind will work no matter what it is you're reading. You'll be reading fiction, nonfiction, yep. academia, whatever it is, your mind is going to work. Yeah. You know, it's such a powerful thing. So And that's I mean, we think about it today. That that is literally, I mean, the, the literacy when you compare literacy to what it used to be is different today. But there are so many illiterate people today. It's ridiculous that Floyd Mayweather illiteracy. Like you can be a millionaire, even a billionaire, and functionally be illiterate. <laughs> is, he, is he officially illiterate? I, I've heard this. I don't think he's officially illiterate because I'm sure he's like taking effort to read. But he before was illiterate. That man could not read. Wow. And he's getting a hundred. And I'm not knocking him. I'm not. He, he find, he's he he from a young age. He has honed himself. He is the, the, the quintessential example of somebody being specialized. I'm okay with that. But I'm saying that there are so many kids today that just cannot read, write, and spell effectively. We're not even going to go down to grammar and punctuation because that's like <laughs> advanced. We're talking about just reading, writing, and spelling. That's that's been, and, and social media is such a big part of that. That's and you know, Because he's brilliant. There's no doubt. Yes. And so right. when you think about his brilliance, and if he did have these other tools, how much more could he take that hundred million he gets per flight? And do more with it, right? And and do in his world and the world for others, because he's got to fight a lot. He's gonna be one of the people that's gonna keep fighting until he can't fight no more. With that and the fact that part of the reason why he's doing that is because financially his decisions have been horrible, ridiculous. So he's actually quite frankly on the on the red end of the spectrum. Where if he had not made as much money as he has made, he'd be flat broke. That's what I'm saying. So at some point, I don't know who he's going to fight. But he'll be fighting somebody because he'll need. He'll be fighting Conor McGregor. He's there already has Conor McGregor too set up. Oh really? Again? Yeah, and then he'll fight Pacquiao again. They're gonna give him all the fights that everyone. Listen, Pacquiao could use the money. These guys, I mean, they're they're not <laughs> good investors, right? Wow. Well, so it's been awesome to have you, my brother. It's been fantastic to have you. So somebody, so somebody's listening to you now, right? So they they I'm not in the room. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, Abdul, um, I was creative or I am creative, but I don't, but I'm, I'm going through some mess in my life. I'm going through some anxiety or depression or whatever it is. And I want to be creative again. And you're talking to that person. What's something that you're, you're telling them? What's a couple of sentences you tell, you tell them to get them some, give them some guidance? Yeah. First of all, I see you have everything you need right there, what you just described, because there's no greater fuel for creativity than adversity um it is because she had a mental breakdown that we have what i consider to be one of the greatest r&b albums of all time the emancipation of mimi yeah so that's what i would say is go listen to the emancipation of mimi understand that that album was delivered during the time when this woman was just coming out of a, a vicious mental breakdown and that was the fuel that she used to create that project and when you listen to it you hear it you hear the pain you hear the suffering but also you hear the hope and it was something that for me personally, there are songs on that album that I personally listen to um, for upliftment. So your pain is so much, everyone in life goes through pain. So your pain and your journey through that could be somebody else's outlet. Yeah, awesome. You can you definitely feel it through a lot of artists, right? So yeah. I feel it through Nina Simone's work. Absolutely. A lot of times you can really feel it. I felt it through like Nirvana's you know, mm-hmm. penultimate album back in the yeah. 90s. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain, that's why Kurt Cobain has and will always stand 
the test of time because it ended so tragically, but you watch that journey from teen spirit to the point that he fatally shot himself and you see that he was wrestling with demons the whole way. I would give you another example more relevant to these kids today, Juice World. Oh, yeah. You know, what happened with Juice World was very tragic. You know, again, a guy who had infinite talent, infinite talent, but had this drug demon that he was fighting the whole time and ultimately that went out. Yeah. And you saw a career that could have gone on for decades snuffed out in an instant. That is all. Well, thank you for sharing that. And yep. my question to you is that we would like to have you back again. So hopefully sure. you'll be down uh, to do that. I've also shared with you that we will be combining and collecting a lot of the great creators. It is amazing that we live in Atlanta, thus personally, is that we've had people on this podcast from Atlanta, New York, Los Angeles. We got people listening to us in Brazil, Australia, the UK, that, are really, that are really digging what, we, what we're talking about. And so we'll be putting this together in an audio book. And there'll be a section where we'll have yourself and music, uh, music leaders and all of these kind of things. And you'll be in that chapter. And so we'll, we can be part, you can be part of that. So any final words, Abdul, for the people who are out there listening to the Creativity Cocktail? No, um, first off, I just want to say thank you for this forum. As an artist, I can tell you that it's all about uh, having forums, platforms to put myself out there. I tell you, anyone out there trying to be successful, eyeballs and eardrums, that's it, eyeballs and eardrums. If no one's there to hear you, it doesn't matter if you're the world's most beautiful singer, you're just going to be singing to an audience of one. So it's about being a creative marketing person. And there are trillions. The problem in today's world is there are too many tools. And I finally say that um, you can look me up, uh, Instagram, simply just spelled like simply lemonade simply underscore alpha a p h a l p h a simply underscore alpha on instagram tiktok um alpha 23 alpha a l p h a the number two three together tv space tv on um youtube and um i'm all over soundcloud as well so if you just search alpha 23 i'm on all the platforms i have a website www.theonlyalpha.com have all my stuff linked and connected and, and again as advice to artists and people out there if they're on your TikTok, they should be able to find you on Instagram. If they're on Instagram, they should be able to find you on YouTube. If they're on YouTube, they should be able to find you on your website. If your stuff is not on it all interconnected, then you're doing yourself a disservice. It's all about the audience. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. I'm gonna, I think I got, I'm linked to you on all of those with the, with the exception of TikTok. So I'm gonna have to do that one and check that yeah, one. Yeah, check me out. TikTok, I'll tell you, TikTok is my favorite platform. And that's the one of all of my social media platforms is getting the most um, most buzz. It's got my most followers. And, and quite frankly, I enjoy creating on there the most. Really? Uh, I love TikTok. Bio, I, it's not even close. In fact, it is the first social media platform I can say I thoroughly enjoy using. Wow. And I'm not a social media kind of guy. Yeah, I don't, you know, because I know that I don't, I don't see you on some of them, but I see you on some others, you know, so. That's now, TikTok, is, TikTok is the fastest growing platform. And again, it's, it's what Vine used to be accelerated by 100. Like if okay. Vine had really had an opportunity to really stretch its legs, TikTok has taken that whole energy and, and really expanded on it in a great, great way. I remember Vine. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh my God. You saw some of the most creative things on Vine. And that's what TikTok has captured in an amazing way is the ability to, in 15 to 60 seconds, really express yourself in, a, in an awesome way. I had my first 1 million view video here the other day, so that was pretty cool. It was a um, funny video, a voiceover video. On TikTok? Mm-hmm. One point, it's at 1.1 million views right now. It was a funny animal voiceover video. With TikTok, what you don't want to do is overly promote yourself. Now, there are people on TikTok who are artists and they promote all of that. 
but when you're early in the stages of your career, obviously people have to gravitate towards you. And so you have to be gentle in how you, and TikTok is not a platform that you're just gonna splash your, you know, mixtape on and think people are gonna fall in love with you. You gotta be creative and continue to use a creative process to grow your success, even as a musician. Yeah, there's so many of those. What's the new one? Quibi, I think that's... that's Quibi, yeah, Quibi, that seems to be more like bite-sized TV. I'll check it out, but I don't see myself paying a monthly service fee for that. I think yeah. I know who. I think Meg Whitman may be behind behind that, and if so, I'm definitely not messing with it. Yeah, I think that they gotta understand the viral nature of things. You know, when you get the right. views, then you pay out and that kind of thing. I think they gotta understand, right. and then making sponsored content. Otherwise, right. it's gonna be challenging. So it's been, great there. Have, it's been great to have Abdul. You as well. Thanks for allowing me to be here. So we really appreciate it. He will be back again for all of those of you who are out there. Make sure you check us out on RisingTideCharity.org on um we're everywhere as free creativity cocktails so you can check us out on twitter and ig and all those different places this conversation itself will be on apple uh spotify overcast uh podbeam and we'll also be having the video conversation here for our members only group and it's free to be a member all you got to do is um, join us up on all the different ways you can do it where you'll be able to see this video and some outtakes from the conversation i'm having with abdul and so you'll be able to do that um, all from our platforms. So again, Abdul, you are dope, my brother. I love you. It's fantastic to have Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Okay. Take care, brother.